In this guide, I'm going to walk you through how Japanese grammar works step by step. This guide contains all of the information I gathered on Japanese grammar over the past four years. I have also spent more than four hours researching and editing this guide to give you the best information. I'm Louis Lin from LouisLin.com. If you want to quickly start speaking Japanese, you're going to love this guide. So let's get started. This guide is part of my free course, which you can find at LouisLin.com training. Here's the truth about Japanese grammar. Japanese grammar is said to be difficult, but that's not completely true. Yeah, you can spend years and years or even decades reading about Japanese grammar. In fact, when I started learning Japanese, I only read one book about Japanese grammar. This book actually contained a bunch of conversations in Japanese with some comments about grammar. I was actually worried that I didn't know enough grammar to be able to speak Japanese. But after reading this book and watching a lot of anime, I was actually able to have basic conversations with real Japanese people. So you don't need to worry about complex grammar from the beginning. Tip number one, understanding pitch accent. First, let's talk about an aspect of Japanese grammar that most people neglect, and that is pitch accent. The Japanese language uses free writing systems. Kanji, or Chinese characters, katakana, used mainly for foreign words, and hiragana. Regardless of whether or not you know how to use these free writing systems, there is something that you should know about hiragana and katakana. Each character in hiragana and katakana corresponds to either a vowel sound or a vowel plus consonant sound. So each character can pretty much be read individually. So for example, hajimemashite. Nice to meet you. Each character corresponds to a different sound. Now, the system is pretty simple, but it doesn't mean that Japanese pronunciation is simple. The Japanese language has what is called pitch accent. The same syllable can be pronounced using a low pitch or a high pitch in Japanese. So it's somewhat similar to English. So for instance, in English, we usually say furniture. We don't say furniture. This just sounds very unnatural and clumsy. So if I try to put furniture inside of a sentence, you may not understand anything. So for example, I love the furniture you have in your house. In Japanese, properly using these pitches depending on the context is crucial. The problem is that the same syllable can have different pitches depending on the word it is in or the context. The result is that many students actually speak Japanese without paying attention to the correct pitch to use. And many Japanese people just don't understand what they're saying. The problem is that you can't just try to remember the pitch accent of each and every vocabulary word that you learn. I mean, you can, but this would be extremely tedious and there's no guarantee that you'll actually remember everything. But the best way to learn the correct intonation is to actually listen closely to Japanese speakers and try to mimic them when you speak. I have actually used this technique myself to learn English intonation. I never actually deliberately studied pitch accent in English. I'm just trying to mimic native English speakers. Tip number two, expressing a state of being. All right, now let's move on to, to my second tip. And I want to talk about what is called the state of being. English speakers are usually surprised to learn that there is no equivalent for to be in Japanese. Yeah, that's right. There is no word or expression in Japanese that can consistently be translated as to be. But there is a word that can be used to express that something is. That word is da. 
Specifically, you can use it with nouns and certain adjectives. So here's an example. Ringoda, this is an apple. Nikoda, this is a cat. Niwada, this is a garden. Okay, so that's fairly easy, right? Just take a noun and add da, and that's it. In fact, it's even easier than that. You can just ignore the da altogether. Japanese people tend to ignore it in casual situations. So, for example, if I want to say this is an apple, just like in the previous example, I can say ringo da, but I can also say ringo, just saying apple. And Japanese people will actually understand. Similarly, instead of saying nikoda, I can say neko. This is a cat, and people will understand based on the context. Now, you may be wondering why I even talked about da in the first place. If you don't need it, then I don't really have to talk about it, right? That kind of makes your sentences sound a little bit stronger, so men use it more often. And there are also cases where you absolutely need to add da in order for the sentence to be correct, but you don't need to worry about that for now. Tip number three: mastering particles. All right, now let's talk about an essential aspect of Japanese grammar, which is particles. If you want to know how Japanese grammar works, this is something that you're going to need to remember and remember well. In my second tip, I talked about how to express a state of being, sort of the equivalent of to be in English. You learn how to say this is an apple, ringoda. But the problem is you cannot make long sentences just by knowing da, and this is where particles come in. So particles in Japanese allow you to combine multiple nouns to make a more complex sentence. So there are a few particles in Japanese, and they all have very specific functions. And here's what you need to remember: particles in Japanese are attached to the end. Of certain words, and by doing so, they define the role of the word that they are attached to. So I know this sounds very abstract, so let me show you what I mean. Here, I'm going to talk about three particles in particular, and the first one I want to talk about is wa, and this is what is called the topic particle. Essentially, it defines the subject of a sentence. So, for instance, watashi wa nihonjin desu. I am a Japanese person. Here, I place the wa right after. Watashi, which means I. So when I say watashi wa, I'm saying that the topic of the sentence is I. So in other words, I'm talking about myself. Now let me show you other examples. Neko wa futoi. The cat is fat. So wa comes after neko, which is a cat. So I'm talking about the cat. Kuruma wa furui. The car is old. So I'm talking about the car here. Now the second particle I want to talk about is mo. Mo is called the inclusive topic particle, and it is similar to wa in many aspects, but it carries also the meaning of also. So it's used to introduce another topic in addition to the topic that you have already introduced. So let me show you. Watashi wa nihonjin desu. I'm a Japanese person. Takahara san mo nihonjin desu. Mr. Takahara is also a Japanese person. Here, I'm saying that Mr. Takahara is also the subject of the sentence. Okay, now I want to talk about the third particle, which is ga, and it's called the subject particle, and it is called this way because it identifies the subject. So let me show you an example to make this clear. Daringa gakuse, who is the one who is the student? Here, you're asking the other person to identify the person. Who is the student? Let me give you an 
another example. Darugayaru. Who is the one who is going to do it? Watashi ga yaru. I am the one who is going to do it. A lot of students often confuse wa and ga, and this is because very often they can be used interchangeably in many sentences. But there are cases when wa and ga cannot both be used. I could spend a lot of time trying to explain when to use wa instead of ga, but in my experience, this is something that will come with time. So you'll just get used to it after watching tons of stuff in Japanese. Now let's move on to my fourth. Point. This is going to be all about adjectives. Up until now, I have shown you how Japanese grammar worked by describing how to build basic sentences with da and by using particles such as wa, mo, and ga. Now I'm going to show you how to use adjectives to describe nouns. Here's the first thing you should remember: Japanese adjectives fall into two categories, and we have the na adjectives and the e adjectives. But let's first start with na adjectives. Na adjectives are very simple. You can consider them like nouns. The only difference between na adjectives and nouns is that na adjectives can complement nouns. Generally speaking, here is the structure that you should use: adjective plus na plus noun. Let me show you an example: kirei na neko, a beautiful cat; shizuka na jose, a quiet woman. Baka na otoko, a stupid man. All right, now let's talk about e adjectives. E adjectives always end with the hiragana letter e, but here's a trap: not all adjectives ending with e qualify as e adjectives. Instead, some adjectives like kide end with e, but they are actually not adjectives. So how can you tell the difference? Well, let me take the previous example I gave you. Kide ends with E, but it is actually written 100% using kanji or Chinese characters. So, if an adjective is written entirely using kanji, then it is necessarily not adjective, even though it ends with e. For example, the adjective kawaii, which means cute, is written with kanji, but it ends with the hiragana letter e. So, it is an e adjective. Atatakai, which means warm. It Ends with the hiragana letter e, so it is an e adjective. There's one exception, however, kirai. Kirai means to hate, and kirai ends with the hiragana letter e, but it is actually a na adjective. Now let me show you an example sentence. Kirai na hito, a person I dislike. Since kirai is a na adjective, I had to use na between kirai. And hito, which means person, but with normal e adjectives, I don't need to add na. For example, kawaii neko, a cute cat. Atatakai hea, a warm room. Okay, now that you know how to use adjective, let's talk about verbs. By the way, if you want to learn more Japanese using videos like this, you can get my free course that contains hours of free tutorials. You just have to go to lewisland.com/training and create your free account. You'll have access to all of my tutorials with all of the written notes. Okay, now let's talk about verbs. I cannot talk about everything in just one guide, so I'm going to show you something crucial. In fact, I think this is something that most Japanese learners do not understand. Verbs in Japanese have two different forms: the transitive form and the intransitive form. Tomu ga boru otoshita. Tom dropped the ball. Boru ga ochita. The ball dropped. 
these two sentences have almost the same meaning. But the first sentence showed that a guy named Tom was the agent. In other words, he was the one who dropped the ball. It's very clear from the sentence. But the second sentence doesn't tell us anything about who dropped the ball. So we just know that the ball dropped. The problem is that most Japanese learners use the same verb regardless of the sentence structure. So always remember sentences where the person is clearly identified use transitive verbs. Otherwise, you need to use intransitive verbs. I know it's a bit hard to wrap your head around this. So for now, I'm not going to show you complex grammar. I'm just going to show you some example sentences with the most common transitive slash intransitive verbs. And let me show you first the difference between dasu, which is to take out, and deru, which is to go out. Pasuporto dashite kudasai. Please take out your passport. Watashi ga demasu. I'm going out. Now, let me show you the difference between ireru, which means to insert, and hairu, which means to enter. Kaban ni pasuporto ireta. I put my passport in my bag. I entered the room. Tip number six, how to learn Japanese grammar. Now, this is a little bit different. I just want to take a step back here and show you how to learn Japanese grammar. That's right. This tip is not going to be about a particular grammar point in Japanese. It's going to be about how to learn grammar points in Japanese. You see, the problem is that most students start by learning the polite form right off the bat. This is because most Japanese textbooks actually start with the polite language. Japanese textbooks also often include quote-unquote useful phrases from the beginning. And while these can be useful if you're just going on a short trip to Japan, these phrases are not really going to make you speak fluent Japanese. But the biggest problem of all is that Japanese textbooks try to explain things from the point of view of the English language. They try to teach you phrases and constructs that are commonly used in English but not necessarily in Japanese. But the thing is, the Japanese language is very, very different from English. So a lot of textbooks are extremely confusing in the way that they explain things. In a nutshell, they try to teach you Japanese with English. And you can absolutely learn Japanese this way. It's absolutely possible. People have done it, but it's not ideal. A good grammar guide should show you how the Japanese language works at its core. And this is what I try to do in my guides. I try to teach Japanese from a Japanese point of view. So here's some practical advice for you. Don't think of the Japanese language or any language as math. You can't just learn grammatical rules and vocabulary and try to add things up to make sentences. If you're trying to say something that's in your head in English and you cannot translate it, to Japanese, it's totally fine. Just stop thinking about it and ask a native speaker. The way things are expressed in Japanese is very different from our English uh, sort of paradigm. The best solution, in my opinion, is to learn through examples. And this is why I try to give you examples every time I introduce some new concept. So make sure to write those down in your textbook, or you can also go to lewislin.com training and find all of the scripts for all of my videos. Let's move on to tip number seven, which is about addressing people. 
Now, in Japanese, it's important to use the right level of politeness depending on who you are addressing. In particular, it's important to use the right names. You should also use the right words when talking about yourself in Japanese. But let's start with that. There are many ways to refer to yourself in Japanese depending on whether you're a man or a woman and the politeness level that you're going for. Here's how you can refer to yourself in Japanese. Watakushi, which is I, but very formal. Watakushi is extremely formal and you most likely will not be using it except in a professional setting if you're delivering a speech, for example. Watashi, that's kind of the most common way to refer to yourself. Note that watashi and watakushi are written in the exact same way, with the same character. So it's your job to guess which one it is depending on the context. Boku. Boku is used mostly by males in polite as well as casual settings. Ore. Ore is a very casual way of saying I and is used exclusively by men. Atashi. Atashi is used only by women. It is meant to sound a bit girly, so a lot of women actually don't say it and just say watashi. Washi is used only by older men. Let me show you some examples with sentences. Watashi no namae wa Ruisa desu. My name is Louis. Atashi no neko wa futoi. My cat is fat. Now this phrase is only for women because it includes atashi. Boku no inu wa hosoi. My dog is thin. This phrase is only for men because it includes boku. Ore no namae wa Luisa. My name is Louis, and this phrase is very casual and should only be used by men due to the presence of ore. Alright, we have reached the end of this guide. I hope you liked it. If you've learned、uh, something new, make sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Also,、uh, if you have any ideas on what you want me to talk about in the future, make sure to leave a comment on YouTube. And、uh, also, if you want to have access to more videos like this with all of the scripts, my entire free course with hours and hours of tutorials just like this, you can go to lewislin.comslash training and create a free account, and you'll have access to everything. So, see you next time.